0: What's up and welcome to another episode of Black in the Maritimes. I'm Fidel and I'm here with a content media creator, uh, CEO, a lot of things and we're going to go into that, but he does really awesome content, uh, Canadian content digital content and uh you know he's the founder of the shifter agency kevin Bourne, welcome man thanks for having me hey thank you for for you know accepting the invitation i find that your content's pretty interesting and and definitely it's something that that is needed in the in canada and all around the world to be honest with you so so let's start you live in in toronto is that correct yes i do all right. So you're born and raised there or or is it uh
1: yeah, born in r- r- uh so grew up in Toronto. Um spent quite a few years uh so can, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Okay. Yeah, so um, I spent uh, quite a few years uh in Ottawa, probably about twelve or thirteen years. Um and just and I moved back to Toronto last year, so uh, yeah, born and raised in Toronto, kind of spent the first, like, almost 30 years of my life in Toronto, then moved to Ottawa for a while uh, to do some political stuff, and then, uh, yeah, moved back to, to to Toronto.
0: Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So, quick question. Have you ever been to the Maritimes?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't. And, you know, I, like I, so, someone invited me, like, i supposed to be coming, going to Cal- Halifax in late, um, late, no, sometime around August. But, no, I haven't. But I, I've been, like, talking about Halifax. And in the, the Maritimes for a very long time, like my best friend is in uh, who's from Toronto is in uh, he's been in Newfoundland for probably maybe for like 15 or so years. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a place that I, I feel like I need to I need to visit.
0: Just to know, like it's a regular thing that Canadians don't know. Canada's a big country, guys. Like, again, we we, we can't go everywhere. Like a ticket to Vancouver is the same as your rent. So you can't you can't do that. So exactly. So Toronto, again, uh, uh, you know, the East Coast is small. It's a small, you know, we have in the four provinces that we have. I live in New Brunswick, which is even smaller than Nova Scotia, which is where Halifax is. So uh, we have the less population in the four provinces than Toronto does. So Toronto has around five, six million people. We have around in the four provinces around two, come to three million. So, it, so living in Toronto, it's a big city, big life. So there's 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 the the facade, which I say is a facade, and maybe we can agree, disagree that there's diversity in the country. So when you grew up in Toronto, I'm assuming you grew up in a diverse place with different ethnicities.
1: Yeah, it was always uh, well, because at first, yeah, we were in uh, Toronto, Toronto, like North York, and it was very. Very diverse, very Jamaican, you know, because I I grew up in the, you know, I grew up in the '80s um, and '90s, so yeah, that that time it was very, you know, very heavily Jamaican influenced as as it is today, but especially during that time, very Jamaican. But yeah, I remember just you know my friends being, you know, people of all ethnicities. Like I had white friends, I had Nigerian friends, I had Jamaican friends, I had Pakistani friends. So, and then once we moved out to um, the suburbs of Mississauga. Um, it got, I think, even more diverse. Like there was just people of every, every neighbor, na- every country. Like even the just the neighborhood I grew up in, Mississauga. Uh, we, you know, we call it kind of called ourselves like a mini United Nations because one of the guys in the group was Filipino, one was Turkish, one was Ecuadorian, one was Jamaican. I was from Barbados, so yeah, I always grew up around uh, around diversity.
0: All right, yeah, that's uh, you know, and and that's the thing. Like if you go to places like Toronto, Montreal. That that tends to happen even in some places like and again, not as much, but even Hamilton, if you go to the to the outskirts of of Ontario, you can you can find that that adversity. So is that the you grew up in that environment? Like, what was the things you remember most uh, about being in that environment that you remember? Like because you are in media, right? So Mm -hmm. what. What did you experience the most that you said like oh okay, this is this was cool to do by knowing other people of other races and ethnicities?
1: um just you know going to friends' houses, you know when you're when you're growing up and you're going to your friend's house and you're you're eating foods from different countries, um I think that's kind of you know that's the, the majority of things is just you 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 know you go to each other's houses, you eat different foods or people are, or even just in conversation you hear your friends talking about different experiences that their families have or different traditions and stuff like that. Um, I think it just r- really makes you uh, very open-minded and just it, diversity becomes normal, you know, and people being different is normal, you know? So I think that's, that's it's you know, you don't really think twice about the fact that people are just very, very different than you.
0: Yeah, that I agree with that. I think when you grew up in that environment, you, you kind of feel that way. Just because things things kind of mix up and and it just feels the routine it feels a normal a normal vibe so yeah I, I definitely think that's a that's a good uh, a that, that's a good analogy to do it so one of the things that kind of got me to you is because I see you you you're you're all up in media I see like you go interviews TV like how did you get into media like how did you get into it,
1: um, to be honest like everything I've done has been pretty much self taught um, I just w- once I moved. Once I moved from from Toronto to Ottawa, like you know, before I, before I, I moved, you know, I was uh, you know, I studied political science at university. I was a kind of like an organizational development consultant, very boring corporate stuff. And then once I got to Ottawa, um, it was just it was a smaller city, and it was just missing a lot of things. It was missing like I was, I was I used to tell people like, "Where's the media here?" Like, where? Because I was used to that that big Toronto media, and as Ottawa being the capital city, I thought I would go and see a lot more media there and there wasn't the kind at least i expected from a big city um and so eventually i was like you know what i need to start something and then so yeah i just just i out of that i started doing camera uh, for rogers tv for sports you know for uh you know hockey games and then from there you know my, uh, i bought a camera and learned how to take pictures myself how to take pictures and shoot video and it just became a kind of a snowball effect all with the goal of eventually starting a media platform so it was like, I was very much inspired by what Ottawa lacked, you know? Like, sometimes you're, we can be inspired by, by being in a big city and all these opportunities. For me, I always, I've always i always been someone that drew inspiration from smaller towns and smaller cities. Like, if I go to, like, I, I'd work in Southern Ontario in, like, Niagara region and Welland, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so much opportunity here. Because I always drew a lot of inspiration um, from smaller towns. So, yeah, I moved to Ottawa that's kind of where the the dream was, was planted. And just seeing the amount of people around me, uh, you know, artists and other talent that were whose stories weren't being told. And that just kind of that's that that's out to me. Um, so once I worked on community in communications on Parliament Hill, like the, you know, communications and journalism go hand in hand. So once I had the, the understanding of how to tell a story from a communication standpoint, um, It was easy to like, once I got, once I was in between jobs on on Parliament Hill, it was easy for me to transition into just journalism and blogging and writing and all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of volunteered here and there, did some stuff for free. And eventually, yeah, I started, I was just blogging and a media outlet asked if they can pay me to repost my, one of my blog blog articles. And I was just like, oh shoot, I just made, I just made $50, (laughs) you know? Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. So,
0: yeah, that that, that kind of happened to me too. Like that was like we, I was been doing this podcast since 2016, and I was doing it with uh, somebody. And then eventually CBC contacted us. It's like, oh, we want you to do like a panel. And we're like, what? You? We were like, you guys listen to us? Like is this? <laughs> like is this for real? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they, so so it's kind of funny when I I think people don't understand once you do something constantly uh, people some people start getting you getting noticed and and some you know the funny thing is like you don't realize that people are seeing you because you're so busy working sometimes people even get discouraged like oh nobody's paying attention but all of a sudden something happens you're like oh wow i didn't understand that so you you were in politics at first so you got a degree in political science
1: yes from york university
0: oh wow so what was what was the end goal at that point? Did you want it to be like in politics or the back in the behind the scenes? What was the goal at that point?
1: Um, the, the initial, I mean, it was kind of, it was it was both. Like there was, I probably wanted to be a Parliament Hill staffer. That was the that was a bit of the dream. But eventually, I was like, yeah, I do want uh, the aspiration was to eventually run for office in in some capacity at some level of government. So it was it was both. It was to be a, be behind the scenes with the goal of eventually uh, running.
0: Wow. So you wanted to, okay, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Now, when you got into Ottawa, which I, again, personally myself, I love Ottawa. I I think it's a great city to, to be on. I think it's a, one of the best cities in Canada, but it's like you said, I think it's a, it's a small city and it's like full of parliamentarian people and like people, again, my friend Jason says it's the most boring big city in Canada Mm. Uh, and he has a record store there (laughs) But I feel like it's a it, it's a place that that's a lot of politics go on, and we have interviewed people, you know, like Selena, Cesar Chavez, and you know, other black candidates that have been there. And it's also a place that people tell me like there's not a lot of black people like in like they're in the mix, but they're like a minority in the mix. Is that true, or or is like or or something that
1: um culturally has a because... reason for. Yeah, like when it, when, it, when it comes to culture, like, I mean, I, I was in the kind of the hip hop, you know, black music space. Um, so in that space, there's there are a lot of black people, um, you know, I, at one point, Ottawa had the second fastest growing Caribbean community in Canada, like after Montreal, at least I think that was the 2016 census. They had the second fastest growing Caribbean community, mostly I think a lot of that is Haitian. Um, so there are there are you know a lot of black people. Um, and there's kind of like, if you go there and you check out like the music scene, there's like a nice kind of like undercurrent of black music there and whatnot. There's a nice Afro beats kind of scene there. There's like yeah, quite a few, like there's some artists are from Nigeria and Cong- Congo who are making great music. Um, so it's there and, you, and you're starting to see like there's a little bit of an entrepreneurial thing happening among black people, black people there. But I think the thing that that's that, that's holding Ottawa back is that that um the leadership in the city is still very white you know so it's like you have so a lot of people who are in that underbelly of culture are black but then are they ascending to like to high levels of leadership not necessarily and i think also too within the city of ottawa i think a lot of people talk about diversity and needing to be more inclusive but the practicality of that um isn't happening like for instance like after I moved back to Toronto they set up a task force to uh revitalize downtown Ottawa and it was pretty much a lot of mostly white people middle-aged white people in suits you know um I think they had one Asian person on there and one indigenous person on there but no black people um and so and and th- and those kind of things happen where it's like it's not like a a overt racism of like but it's just I think it's just like a negligence or like just a forgetting about the black community instead of like as a, a Tor- Tor- someone like a Toronto has really embraced blackness and Caribbean culture as a part of the identity of the city. Um, Ottawa ha- hasn't embraced black culture and Caribbean culture as a part of the identity of the city, even though Haitian, the Haitian population is large. Um, they haven't really embraced that. So it still feels um, like a white city.
0: Yeah. And, and again, That's something that not only in in places like Ottawa, but if you even go to a place like Halifax, uh, people don't know that Halifax has the oldest Black Canadian community. Mm -hmm. You know, the oldest Black settlers are in Nova Scotia. And it's one of the only places in Canada that if you go provincially, it has around four or five Black people. Like, they got three MLAs, and they have a couple of, uh, I think, two Black ministers. There's like, there's there's a, a little bit more... Thing going in there but it's still mm-hmm. when you go there it's still very very white <laughs> like, yeah. like it's still very very white. like and it feels like and this is what i have gotten into i think it's it feels like it's not that they forget it's just that they're not thinking like when once you're not once you don't see you you're not the color you can feel and then once you once you remind them like hey we're here like. They're like, oh yeah, uh, we're gonna decide for you. We're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You don't even mm. notice that we're here. How the hell are you gonna decide for us what's happening when you yeah. don't even know what's going on? So, yeah. so it's 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 not only in, in places like Ottawa, if you go to Halifax, even places like Saskatchewan and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of nice to know that there is a, an urban culture because you don't you don't see things like that. And I and I think that's what one of the things I liked about what you're doing, that you kind of showcase that. And mm-hmm. I see so I saw it's like, oh, I didn't know this and didn't know that. So was that the idea behind the shifter magazine?
1: Well, we always wanted to show, I mean, being based in Ottawa was nice because um Ottawa is a city that um it's the only real national city, I think, in Canada. Like, like you know, Vancouver is a very international city, Montreal's international, Toronto's international, whereas Ottawa's scope is very national. Um, and so just by being there, it gave me a an awareness. And I love for the rest of Canada, even if I even if I hadn't been, um, it's a place where you're, you're going to meet people from Winnipeg, from Saskatchewan, from the you know the the Maritimes, from uh, Vancouver. So um, that that national identity of Ottawa, Ottawa really influenced the identity of Shifter and made us want to cover things outside of just Toronto or Ottawa, but you know to actually think about the rest of Canada. So. From there, yeah, you we know we've done a few articles on like you know who, you know artists to look out for in Halifax. You know we've done art articles. On, we get a lot, you know we get a lot of submissions from you know Vancouver and other parts of Canada. So I always wanted to like even as someone who's from Toronto, I don't I don't like the fact that the focus is always on Toronto because Ottawa showed me like there's when I was in Ottawa that like, there's some talent in Ottawa that are even better than some of the talent that's in Toronto, but they just don't have the spotlight. Um, and the and the creative infrastructure within the city to launch or t- launch talent. So um, I you know I, I try as much as possible to just be an advocate for uh, the rest of Canada whenever I can.
0: That's uh, pretty dope because I mean you're right in the Toronto part. I think uh, you know when you see Toronto media, especially urban or black media, is very ontario or toronto centric it's super Mm -hmm. centric like like you go and and even myself i'm someone that's always looking out for black media or black people that have a story to tell because the whole point of this podcast is you know to to hear those voices that they're unheard and hear their stories and what they what they what they are and you know just to showcase that we're all different but because of the color of our skin, we get treated the same. Even if when like, okay, you're from West Africa and I'm from Jamaica, we have nothing in common. But other than eyes are like, oh, they're both black. Like they're supposed mm-hmm. to get along, and we're like, well, this is, doesn't make any sense. But but when you look at that in in Toronto, I see that that it's like, wow, it's it's amazing. Like it's like you're in the own universe. Like it's it's like its own universe. Like it's like whoa, like they, it's all there. Nothing is out happening out there, and, and, and it's all in here. And I'm like, hmm, I, I wonder why that is, and and I get it. It's mm-hmm. because that's that's where you're from. But I'm that's one of the things that I see in, especially in urban black media, that you know that it doesn't fall out more than Ontario, or if you're French, Quebec, of course, which mm-hmm. is like a different story. Yeah. So so yeah, and I have a question. Like, if somebody wouldn't. Like, when did you start Shifter? And if somebody doesn't know what it is, how would you explain it?
1: Uh, so we started in August 2013. So we're coming up on 10 years. Um, and yeah, Shifter is just, a, you know, our art, arts. Uh, it's like a black, you know, uh, you know arts and entertainment, arts and culture, arts, arts and entertainment uh, media platform. So, yeah, we feel focused on music, film and television, um, opinion pieces, and a little bit of fashion as well, fashion and sports as well but yeah it's all about uh, black black culture black arts and culture and entertainment.
0: Oh okay. So when you look at the aspect and and this is one thing that I I'm I'm very curious about and that's why I'm I'm When you look at the state of black media in Canada how do you see it like as of somebody that's been doing it for quite a while 10 years you're going to go 10 years around so
1: yeah. How do
0: you see the aspect
1: right now? Um it's just it's not there. It, it's not it's non-existent <laughs> you you know um it's funny because like when we when we were still in Ottawa and, and building Shifter, people told us we were too black as an outlet. So I remember there was literally times where we would try not to have too much black content. Like we would be like, Oh, we just did three black posts in a row, let's throw in a white one because people told us like we would literally count how many black posts did we do in a row. Oh, we got to insert some other stuff because people told us we were too black. And then after all, we just when we really looked at the landscape in Canada and saw that there wasn't much black media. We were like, man, this is an this is an advantage more than anything. Um, so yeah, it is lacking. Like by blacks is there, like we know we know the the uh, Camille and, and Roger, um, and I. To be honest, when it comes to media that focus on, you know, or like that kind of arts, arts and culture, or you know, current affairs. You know, I know of by blacks, um, but there's not much else. Like you, you tend to have the spectrum of like you have real like underground hip hop pages, like on Instagram that are also podcasts and, you know, who, who are really talking about the street, like street stuff and whatever. And then you have the other complete side that's, you know, more like say by blacks, that's more like more of a polished, you know, mature platform. And there's not much in between. And first we try to be that in between, like we're, We'll talk about some real like underground hip hop stuff, but then we're also we'll also um you know talk about more mainstream entertainment. So we try to be in the middle. But right now I feel like there's a big opportunity because there's so, so much lacking um when it comes to black media in Canada. I feel like there's such a huge opportunity. But the the issue that we're having is that I mean a lot of the black media, no, it's not just not just the case in Canada, but a lot of the black media. Are owned by non-black people. Um, you know, you look at—I mean, I was about to name some names, but you know, you look at now. You look at even the states like you know, like Diddy and Byron, Byron Allen, and uh, who's the other one? Tyler Perry are talking about buying BET because it's owned by—is it uh, one of the Viacom? Big ones? Viacom, it's Viacom. Yeah, so it's owned by Viacom. So it's like you know they're looking to buy it because that's an issue, and it's not—it's bigger than media. It's like a lot of. Um, the businesses that that exist within Black culture, whether it's barbers, whether it's nail salons, all these, a lot of these things that Black people go to to consume, as consumers, are not owned by our own people. Um, and that exists also in media. So, and that's a big. That's a big passion of mine is to see more media being owned by Black people. Um, I think that could be a whole conversation as to why we're not owning our own media. Um, but again, that presents an opportunity. Like I, in moving back to Toronto, or even before that, you know, I realized like you know there are other outlets out there in in the space. But my com- my competitive advantage is the fact that I am black. So other people could talk about hip hop, and maybe even beat me at talking about hip hop, but they can't beat me at being black and talking about talk about talking about the black experience or even the black lens on certain things. And so I feel like for black individuals, black entrepreneurs, because so much of the media is not owned by black people. I feel like for those of us who are black in the media space, I feel like there is, there's an authenticity to the storytelling that I feel is not there or maybe lacking with outlets that aren't um, owned by black people. So that's the first aspect we're talking about, like more journalism, but on the other side of the coin, if you're talking about film and television, there's also a big opportunity. You know, CBC Gem now is become the go-to place now in Canada. If you're like a Black person trying to get a web series out there online, um, CBC Gem has really kind of pushed that. Like Amanda Paris has her, um, you know, she, she just got nominated for a Canadian Street Award for her, her web series, Revenge of the Black Best Friend. Um, there's a you know series on on CBC Gem called Virgins, and these are all made by Black people. So I feel like there there is a demand, especially since unfortunately the murder of George Floyd, there is a demand for Black TV shows, Black web series, Black films, and so I think if you're into that stuff, there's there's a huge void right now in Canada.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, and I, I can go down further. Like I've been. One of the spaces that I've been very into is the tech space. I've been, mm. you know, I met people from the guys that built Napster back in the day uh, to people that have built really good things in different countries, Latin America. Once you go to the digital spaces or media, the higher you go, the less blacker it gets. Yeah. It is, it is insane. It, like It's insane that... Uh, I can tell you like a quick story. I went to a tech meetup in the states, and this was before TikTok, before Instagram was kind of like the guys were going. there. This was in California. Like this wasn't, this wasn't Facebook was kind of like the going thing. And this was like a bunch of people, coders and stuff like that. These are the next people, the Instagram guys, the WhatsApp guys. They're they're in the come up. They're not like those billion dollar companies there. Uh, uh-huh. And there was two black guys, me, another guy, uh, three Indian guys, and everybody else was white. And Mm -hmm. everybody was there to get BC funding and get all the opportunities. And none of the black people got it. Mm -hmm. None of the black people got it. All All the other guys got it. And then you think, you see, like, okay, you start thinking, is it that I don't have a good enough product? Is it that I don't have enough good enough content? And then you start seeing like after the death of George Floyd then we all like kind of see like, okay, uh, we're not, it had to take us to say, okay, we're kind of sick of this.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We're kind of
0: sick of the whole thing. We're kind of sick of the whole, like, and we had to kind of make a shift and saying like, and, and one of the things that I, that I really tell people is like, look, as much as I like YouTube and these, all these open platforms lets us create content and be independent. All of this tech content that we upload there, we don't own it. It's 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 white people owning it. <laughs> yep. Like we are putting it out there, and when we see like things like that, I I definitely can I definitely agree with what you're saying that like if we got uh in the content like when I saw King's Convenience, which I thought it was a great series, mm-hmm. and I saw it to CBC Gem, I was like I started researching. It's like. How come there's no black series of this? Like, how come there's yeah. not the Canadian cospies of it? Like, there's king convenience, but where are the black people? And when I started looking back, there was no, there was something, uh, the kink my hair, yeah, that happened on CTV prior to that and lasted two seasons, and, and there wasn't anything like it. So I, I think there is definitely a need, but I also think that a lot of us in Canada, we we kind of have to empower ourselves because I feel like they're not going to give us that break, like like you said. When you see CBC Gem, that it's giving some people, like we still have Bell Media, we don't have a lot of, we don't even have a black owned media space, like a like a black BET in Canada. Mm-hmm, yeah, which is which is the craziest stuff that that that's go that goes in it. But I feel like when you say it's not there, what do you think it will take to get there? Like, what do you think is gonna it's gonna take us to get to a point that is like? there's enough for us to to be part of it and there, and not not only part of it but also led by us
1: yeah but i think all, i mean it's probably it's a numbers game cuz like i think we like once you have a critical mass of people who are going into these spaces then because like you said in that room with that tech thing there was what two two of you as as black men right so it's like as long as there's only two in the room, like the number, the numbers are not in our favor, you know, to actually like get that. Yes. So we need a lot more people. And, I, and I'm sure you can see, I'm sure, you know, there's, there's been many, um, even when I was still living in Ottawa, there was many, many uh, meetings I'd go to where I was either the only black person in the room or one of two or three black people in the whole room. Um, and it's just, you know, it's the same now, like you, know, you have situations where, like I went to an um you know, Ontario Creates had a roundtable networking event two, you know, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, for um, you know, print and digital magazines, and some some of the you know biggest, you know, online and digital or print and digital magazines, you know, in in Ontario, and I was the only black person in the room, you know, um, and now it's like we need more. Of that, but I think also within our community, because we have a lot of, there's a lot of creative people in the Black community. Like, there's a lot, especially among these young guys who are like, you know, who have cameras and stuff. Like, they're shooting music videos and doing amazing stuff. Like, there's some very talented young Black people in this country. But it's like we we need to change the conversation from not just have you know owning businesses to like how do we scale companies. Like, that's the conversation I think we need, like, we need to start talking, because not many not, we, not many of us talk about, like, companies, and how do we scale companies? Like, like it's just about, yeah, like, I, you know, we, it's, we, we have a good small business culture within the Black community, but then to have the the mentality to scale something is totally different. Like, how do you, like, to, to be able to go out, go out and get that education, whether it's online or classes, like, I think that... And I think for a lot of us, a lot of people in our community, like they see certain things as being impossible, like that's just not for us, you know, but it's like, no, it is for us. So I think there's a big mentality change that needs to happen within our own community to realize, no, being in these rooms is possible for us, we we belong in these rooms, instead of just being like, no, that's for them and we're over here, you know.
0: Yeah. And you know what? You you just uh, you just reminded me. And again, if people haven't read this book, please read it. It's called uh, No Bootstrap When There's No Boots by Wes Hall, which is a Mm. a very amazing Canadian. He's on Dragon's Den. And and he kind of says what you're saying, that it's like, you know, in in one of his chapters, I don't want to spoil the book for it. He's like he's doing something that no other black person is doing. And it's like, how do you scale a company? And then when he gets to the top, like when he gets like when he makes it, he's like, wait a minute, where's there's no black people scaling anything here? Like, what what mm-hmm. the hell is going on? Yeah. And, and I think that's one one of the reasons that not only scaling, but I think the fact that we could build multi billion dollar companies and multi billion dollar uh you know investments and and all that stuff, but we don't we see it. I don't think we don't see it far. I think one of the things that we don't see is that we don't see ourselves because we don't have a, a lot of role models. Like, for example, I can tell you the first guy that I saw being a, a mogul was Russell Simmons, mm-hmm. and I was shocked that I saw a black guy that ha- was, like, the boss. I was like, yeah. oh, wow, that, that's crazy. And and I think that's that's one. But the other thing is also we don't – the mainstream media doesn't portray us like that either. Mm-hmm. They don't portray us like, for example, even when you look at uh, fashion in, in Canada or the little things that we have in Canada, like the little TVs, like the, the CTVs or the CDTV, they don't put us in the best light. They they try to put us in best places, but they don't try to put us always in the best light. So I think it's a lot of it's a lot of that. But I think you're right. I think it, it, it takes a it's going to take a, it's a numbers game. It's going to take numbers to get this up and the not only people but also monetary sense in that so so how have you been able to sustain your your you know your career as a media person like what's what's been the 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 roadmap that you have been able to build for Mm -hmm.
1: yourself yeah well in the beginning um we 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 really in the beginning we our intention wasn't to make money um (laughs) or what our intention was um let's spend a few years just building the brand and then eventually we'll monetize the brand so in the beginning we were just like let's just b- really spend time building the brand building a reputation for ourselves all that kind of stuff and then eventually got to the point where it was just you know everyone has those points as an entrepreneur where you're like okay do i continue or do i like stop like you know do i shut this thing down because it wasn't making money after a while and so yeah, I gave myself probably twenty nineteen. I gave myself like two months. Um, I, I put a plan in place. I was like, okay, you have two months to make money. And I think two weeks in, I made like maybe two hundred bucks. And I was like, okay, that gave me the confidence that I could, um, I could do this. And around that time, also, I got I ended up getting a business coach which I still have today, um, who helped me because I was a very creative guy. But you know, a lot of creatives aren't really great at business. And so um, I got a business coach to kind of help me to make that transition from just being a creative to being more of like the business person. And um, so, yeah, right now we just, um, you know, we do a lot of, aside from the shifter, the the the, the media platform, we also have shifter, the shifter agency, which is like um, where we do content marketing services for like, you know, companies, brands, like we tend to work with a lot of like universities and whatnot. Um after George Floyd, we became like the black content people. So you know, companies that want to make black content came to us. And so that became like our, our main thing that kind of has to, it means it it started after George Floyd and it has continued to sustain us. So yeah, we tend to work with companies and brands on their on their, their content marketing, usually towards you know black you know black community or people of people of color. Um, and then we also do just, you know, sponsored articles on the website. And those are kind of like our main streams right now. Um, and now we're kind of in another phase. We're about to like start to, um, now we're starting to kind of, you know, build relationships with brands. Like we're starting to kind of do a lot more, um, you know, outreach uh, to brands. You know, we just signed, we just signed with a, um an, advertising rep firm who's now kind of like our rep firm for all like sponsored well, sponsored content and advertising our website. So they're kind of basically like they do our sale, they handle our sales and that, you know, that's hopefully the next few months going to kind of bring that consistent cash flow. Um, but yeah, it's just been, honestly, it's been, a, it's been a grind. It's been a hustle. You know, it's like no two months looks, looks the same. Like one month, our income can come from some, from one thing. Um, and the next month our income can come from something else. And um, but that's just the grind of entrepreneurship. You know, some months you may not make anything, and then other months you might make like five figures. Um, so it's just having that determination every month that okay, like we're we're gonna be okay and we're gonna do this. So it's just it's a determination um and a sense of a faith in, in yourself and in faith in your team um so yeah
0: yeah no man it's a grind everything it's a grind i think it, i think it's a, it's kind of very very cool and and very nice that you're doing that that you're able to you know to grind it out and and go for it cuz a, a lot of people you know it's scary out there it's scary to start and and just to do stuff and then just get get it there so I definitely mm-hmm. think it's it's very honorable what you're doing and and it's needed. I I definitely think it's just needed. <laughs> like it's yeah, it, it's something it, that you got to put there.
1: It, it's always a, a back and forth of like, do you do you build what you're building full time or do you get a full time job and build on the side? Like that's I mean I've I been mean, it's it's every, you know some people advocate for one, some people advocate for the other. Um, I was just watching something the other day was you know this person was saying get your nine to five and build on the side and all that stuff, and I and I, I hear that. You know, but then I'm also like, you know, you can't. This it is possible to miss opportunities because when you do have the night, the nights of five. So it's really just, you know, I've had a few. Like, there's been times over the past ten years where I've had like an odd job for a few. You know, there was a few months where I was working at uh at Nordstrom uh, when they came when they came to Ottawa. I was working at Nordstrom um in uh, in sales, which actually helped me. Like it was nice to be in a sales position because I really learned. I learned a lot about sales. Um, and then there was a year where I, I, where I did a, a, a contract in digital marketing at a, an association. But aside from that, I've kind of, I pretty much have been full-time for the past like 10 years. And um, it's funny, like now reaching this 10-year mark, I feel like we're now about to hit like, I feel like we're just on the on the precipice of something. But it took, a, it took like a lot of time and because I, entrepreneurship is about momentum right it's like you gotta you gotta apply enough pressure and build enough momentum that and and build enough brand awareness that you can get you can get that consistent flow of business coming in so it's like working hard enough that yeah you build that momentum so that kind of you know business comes in and all that kind of stuff so um yeah
0: yeah i know it is it is definitely like timing is everything and and I think the the part of like, you know, have something on the side or I think to each his own. I, I think I, I I know people that, you know, that I see that they take some big risk and I'm like, whoa, like I wouldn't do that. But it, it's not that I wouldn't do that. It's just that it's not for me, but they can do it. They can they yeah. can just go and, and do at it. And some other people are like, well, slow and steady uh wins the race. And, and it's like uh Dave Chappelle said one time, I remember when Dave Chappelle left the Chappelle show. And people thought he was crazy because he left mm-hmm. like thirty million dollars. and one thing that he said is like, "Look, I left thirty million dollars, but I was at a restaurant with a guy that took a deal and made a lot of money, and I went to that same restaurant, and the only difference was about forty million dollars but but mm-hmm. they were still there, like y- they both got there somehow some way. Okay. so it, I think it's a it's also a you know it's a it depends on what you're built for." and what yeah. you learn. And then once you build for something, then, then you can try to do it. So so mm. tell me about like, what's your expectation? Like, where where do you want to get this? Where do you want to get your your agency and the magazine and, and the content
1: that you provide? I mean, for me, to be honest, like, uh, you know, my my goal is to take it beyond Canada. It's funny because, I mean, in a sense, like, I mean, a lot of our traffic and, and visibility and whatnot comes from the U.S um even opportunity like for you know this last the last uh, critics choice awards in LA was the first time we actually had a team member there um and that was like a huge milestone it's like wow you know and you know we've had people at like you know hollywood premieres and stuff like that so you know we really want to build on that like i love canada but i i, I kind of want to take shifter global you know i want to i want to do some stuff in the us i want to do some stuff in the uk I want to you know my family's from Barbados so I want to do some stuff in the Caribbean as well so for me it's just wherever there's black people I want to I want to be doing something (laughs) you know I want to be doing projects and whatnot so for me you know I want to you know I want to be based in Toronto but just I want to have the world be where I do where, where I work and just be kind of all over the place and um what for both the agency and um and the and the and the the online magazine um, we're in the process now. We just registered a new business, um, Shifter Entertainment, which is going to be more film and television. Because um, my wife and I both have some background in film and television, so we're looking to start, you know, producing shows and movies and stuff like that. So that's kind of where we that's kind of where we're going next. Like I've been kind of juggling my time between being still being a journalist, but also now writing scripts and honing that craft. Um, that's kind of my new passion now is just writing scripts. So. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm where I'm at is just, you know, wanting to whether it's, you know, TV shows and movies or the the online media platform or the agency just, you know, wanting to just I've been itching to do more in the US. I've been itching to to do stuff in the UK. That's kind of where my focus is right now, because, you know, Canada is a kind of place where you, you, you don't you don't always get love until they see you doing stuff outside. You know, you look at Drake. Like Drake became big not because of Canada. He became big despite Canada. You know, it's like he had to, he had to, you know, connect with Trey Songs and Lil Wayne and sign a deal in the U.S. and eventually came back to Canada and then came back to Canada afterwards. So I, I you know, and I've noticed that for myself. Like even when when I was in Ottawa, like the more I did stuff outside of Ottawa, the more that people like loved me in Ottawa. And I'm noticing even right now. Um, you know, we've been getting a lot, you know, a lot of bigger interviews uh here in Canada, but also outside. And I'm noticing the more I, I the more my reach is expanding outside of Canada is the more I feel people in Canada in and, and even Toronto are starting to engage with what I do. So I think that's the unfortunate thing about Canada. Like, you know, in the U in the, in the UK, like you could be a talent or any anything, you could be in the arts and culture space in the UK and you know, never hit in the U S and still make a living. You know, you can be an actor or any kind of, in you know, person, a creative in Australia and never leave Australia and be successful. But for us here in Canada, it, it tends to feel like, especially, you know, as people of color um, and black, as black people, it's like, a lot of times you feel like, Oh, I, I got to go somewhere else in order to succeed. You, if you think about it, like what major talent of color has Canada launched? Like, I can't name any, you know, because, again, they've all had to go elsewhere. Like, Russell Peters became big elsewhere, you know, as a comedian, yeah. you know. Um, so Canada has always done a poor job. Like, it's, it's done a great job of exporting, like, white talent. <laughs> you know, when it comes to talent where people of color, a lot of times they have to move. And, and you know, I can name people. I can name talents, Canadian talent, Black individuals who just in the past year have left Canada. You know, there's uh, you know, comedian and, and I think it's Hootie Hootie, Hootie. Oh, what's the last name? Anyway, we did, we did we did a profile of her, but she's a um a Muslim uh comedian, um who just left Toronto to move to New York and Tricks. You know, a, a black uh, he's I think he's Nigerian left Alberta and moved to Las Vegas. You know, there's a bunch of rappers in Toronto who've left to move to LA. So, you know, in this arts arts and culture space, as black people, there's still a situation where we have to leave. Or people feel at least that they have to leave or do things in other parts, like or go to maybe even go to Europe, you know, in order to succeed. So, um, that that fact is not lost on me. And like, I, 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 what I, what I do can't fully be sustained in Canada. I don't think so. I think I have to look. You know,
0: yeah, and I agree with you a hundred percent. Because if you look at something like Vice that started in Montreal. Yeah, they left and and they became a global brand and they they, they kind of you don't even think it's Canadian. It it doesn't even look yeah. like the Canadian media anymore. But when you see like Complex that just did the opposite that they came to Canada. Yeah. Uh. And and definitely I I agree with you and and I think it's something that I I think I have a little bit of a reason why that happens. Uh, that it's because and you know it it's gonna sound uh. Counter to what the Canada values is. I see a lot of people here that the first thing I'm originally from the Dominican Republic. So and but yeah. I, I lived in the states and things like that. One of the things that, that struck me was that people, when they wanted to do media or art, they depended on the government to, mm. to get grants and, and things like that, which is great. But yeah. I also think it kind of limits the the growth. So when you see somebody from the states, it's just like all hands are off, all all, all deals are off and, and you just go and, and do what yeah. you want to do and then you grow and then you get outside capital, which in Canada, that's that's not really the case. Yeah. But I, I think you should uh go outside and, and go wherever black people and, and move, um do your movement from different places just because of the fact if white media does it, why can't we do it? Like they, <laughs> they yeah. do it all the time. We yeah. watch CNN, we watch Fox News, we watch Complex. We watch all of that. So why can't we just go and and, and put it in other places? And I think I think it's happening now. Especially one of the things I'm very proud of is like this Afro movement that's kind of moving towards like uh you know ten years ago you looked at Africa and uh, or t- people look like oh poor people and yeah. now you have this Afro beat Afro fashion, and all this music and all this thing going from Africa coming to us. Mm-hmm, yep. Which I feel like like something like that, it's actually needed. And I think again, I really think you should it it you should do it and hopefully I, I wish you the best on doing it. I think it's I think it's a great project. So uh, if people want to find you and get you and you know and see what you what you do, where do they go to?
1: Um so uh, shiftermagazine.com is our website, um at shifter magazine on all social media platforms, and um my personal is uh KB the boss underscore and uh, yeah, on all social media platforms.
0: So Kevin, uh, again, I could talk to you for hours, but I know like, again, I don't know about you. I have kids. Yeah, I, yeah, I got to yeah. put them to bed and stuff like that. It's just, <laughs> it's a, uh, but, but, you know, but definitely uh, it's quite nice to talk to somebody like you that actually, you know, it's in the, in the media space and it's in a in the, in the media space that there's not a lot of in this country and, you know, that there's mission. And again, uh, you can count on anything that we can help you out or or whatever. Uh, hopefully, you can come to the Maritimes one time summer. Do not come in winter. D- just don't do it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> summer's cool, not- but
0: winter <laughs> I don't recommend
1: it. <laughs>
0: but yeah, man, but- it it was re- it's really nice to talk to you. So, guys, uh, thank you for listening. Remind me, uh, go to Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Find us on social media. TikTok, Instagram. Shout out to the people at TikTok. I don't know if it's going to get shut down or not, but we we have like 60,000 people there. I don't know how that's, how that's going. Thank you for everybody that's been supporting us. Uh, the people on Instagram, thank you for that. We've been growing like crazy. I appreciate the love. Uh, shout out to all the people that donate on Patreon and PayPal. And peace out.